0: Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, I'd Bet the House to Bring Bud Home. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from case number 0271 in the files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. Have you ever been so sure of something that you said, I'd bet the house, or whatever you thought was going to be a slam dunk? Like, I'd bet the house the Rangers will win the World Series this year. (laughs) Well, maybe that wouldn't be a really smart bet. Not even my mom, the most diehard Rangers fan in the world, would have said that. But occasionally, along the road of life, comes a sure thing, a slam dunk, a can't miss, a definite, absolutely, positively in the bag. Well, you get the idea. Today, we're going to tell you about one of these bets that my mom would have made, in her words, just as sure as the sun will come up tomorrow. I'm your host, Rick Stone, bringing you another great true story from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. We dedicate this episode, today's episode, to the family of Technical Sergeant Horace Arnold Bud Carlson. Thanks for believing. Thanks for never giving up hope. Thanks for the support when we were willing to quote bet the house, end quote, on knowing where Bud had been for over seventy five years. Technical Sergeant Harry Arnold. Bud Carlson was born in Brookfield, Illinois. Horace's father was an immigrant from Denmark who was employed as a carpenter, and his mother was from the Austria-Hungary area. He was known as Bud by his family and friends and signed his name as Harry on most of his formal documents. Bud joined the United States Marine Corps Reserve 15 days after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. Probably like all Marines of the day, whose families were from Scandinavia, his buddies in the Marine Corps called him Swede, (laughs) even though his family was not from Sweden. Bud was assigned to the 2nd Amphibious Tractor Battalion, 2nd Marines, and his mechanical skills with the new landing vehicle track, or LVTs as they were known, soon earned him rapid promotion. Bud was known as a 5-0 Marine meaning he received perfect five scores in every category on his fitness report. Military efficiency, five. neatness and military bearing, five. Intelligence, five. Obedience, five. And sobriety, five. On 20 November 1943, Tech Sergeant Carlson reached shore on Tarawa's Red Beach 2 aboard one of his own LVT's. For a letter written to Tech Sergeant Carlson's mother by Chaplain Douglas Vernon on 29 February 1944, quote, Technical Sergeant Harry A. Carlson landed with our first troops. He climbed out of the tractor in which he had come ashore, and while he was rushing a Japanese machine gun emplacement, the enemy fire killed him instantly. His body was buried in grave number 31, row B in the East Division Cemetery, Tarawa Atoll, Gilbert Islands, and a Marine chaplain read the burial rites of our Christian faith at that time. End quote. An additional count was discovered by Foundation researchers in a letter to Tech Sergeant Carlson's girlfriend by 1st Sergeant Burr Robbins on 12 February 1944. Sergeant Robbins wrote, Harry Carlson was killed in action the morning of November 20th. He was only a few mar- yards to my left at the time, and only a few minutes before, he had waved to me and smiled. Swede died like a true Marine, bravely and fighting. End quote. When all the burial sites on Tarawa were exhumed in 1946, Tech Sergeant Carlson's remains could not be identified and he was buried as an unknown in the Punchbowl Cemetery in Honolulu, Hawaii. His case as an unresolved casualty, or MIA, sat in limbo for the next 65 years. In 2011, as a member of the Department of Defense, I began investigating all of the unknowns from the Battle of Tarawa using the Random Incident Statistical Correlation System, or RISC, that I had developed during my career as a Dallas police commander. On 26 March 2012, I submitted an official report which listed Tech Sergeant Carlson as a most likely match to X82. Every single data set in the wrist system matched between BUD and X82. It was the proverbial slam-dunk case that all investigators dream about. but. <laughs> and there's always a but in history's military mysteries. The management of the joint POW MIA Accounting Command, or JPAC, wasn't buying any of it. Why? Well, I've asked myself that question many times over the years. The best guess I can come up with is they hadn't thought of it first. In a series of meetings at JPAC, I advocated repeatedly and without success, that Tech Sergeant Carlson's recovery and identification from his burial location in Section F, Grave 1212, at the Punch Bowl Cemetery in Honolulu, Hawaii, about three miles from our headquarters. Once during a break in the often heated discussions over Tech Sergeant Carlson, which were not winning me any points in the federal bureaucracy game, I cornered the J.Pac commanding general in the restroom, and he made the mistake of asking me, Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Well, I told him. In fact, I challenged him to grab a shovel and go with me over to the punch bowl and produce Tech Sergeant Carlson's immediate recovery. Well, this didn't work out well for me either. In response, the J.Pac lab director insisted I was wrong. And that unknown X82 could not possibly be Tech Sergeant Carlson because, quote, voodoo science, meaning the wrist system, was used in the case investigation. And the other voodoo science I suggested to identify Tech Sergeant Carlson's remains, which was DNA, well, was just plain voodoo. When I offered to pay out of my own pocket to exhume X82, The JPAC officials just laughed. Well, (laughs) laughing is not a good response. So I doubled down on the bet, and I offered to resign from the Department of Defense if Bud was not X82, with the caveat that the lab director would resign his highly paid post if Bud was proven by DNA to be X82. Naturally, I had to also offer to pay for the DNA test at a private laboratory out of my own pocket because, if for no other reason, I didn't think much of the lab capabilities and their ability to identify a ham sandwich in less than 10 years. And I certainly didn't believe that they had the capability, much less trust them, to conduct a sophisticated DNA test. Well. That may have stopped the laughing temporarily, but no one was willing to take that challenge either. I guess they figured that, hey, I'd just quit on my own after enough frustration, and they were right. After I left the Department of Defense, Tech Sergeant Carlson's family contacted the Chief Rick Stone and Family Foundation in 2012 and requested a comprehensive family report on Bud's case. The family also contacted their congressman who requested a copy of my j investigation. In an article to the Chicago Tribune on 20 October 2013, <laughs> I'm quoted as saying, quote, I'd bet my house, your house, and every house down the block that X-82 is Tech Sergeant Carlson, end quote. Well, you know, it's one thing to bet the house when you're sitting around with a bunch of buddies watching a football game because no one really means it, right? But when you're quoted in the Chicago Tribune, well, you're kind of committed. My response to the Tribune's article was to buy a bigger house, thereby, thereby upping the bet. <laughs> my family probably thought I was nuts, but there were still no takers on my bet. When JPAC told the family's congressman that Bud couldn't possibly be x82 because the JPAC lab's odontologist, that's a dental expert, had determined that X82's teeth did not match Bud's teeth. Well, I tripled down on my bet by getting a second dental expert opinion from the University of Texas, which called the BS flag on j Still, nothing happened to bring Bud home. With each passing year, the utilization of advanced law enforcement techniques and acquisition of sophisticated technologies convinced me and the Foundation, more and more, that Tech Sergeant Carlson was X-82. Bud's family reports were updated in 2014 and 2016 to reflect the fact that Tech Sergeant Carlson was a most likely match to only one unknown in the Punch Bowl Cemetery. And you guessed it, that one unknown was X-82. And Bud's family hung in there with us. By keeping the pressure on Congress. Finally, JPAC was disbanded under a firestorm of public and congressional criticism, and the replacement agency, the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency, finally acted on my recommendation and exhumed Unknown X82 in 2017. On 31 July 2018, Tech Sergeant Carlson's Family was notified by the Marine Corps that Bud had been identified. He had been identified by the Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory and he had been identified as Unknown X82. (laughs) Yay! My house was safe. But more importantly, Bud was coming home. Four months later, I received this terrific letter. It's, in fact, one of my prized possessions from my time with the Department of Defense. This letter was from Bud's family, which they have kindly authorized me to share with you today. Quote, Dear Mr. Stone, I have been waiting to write this letter to you for six years. This morning, I was able to visit the gravesite of my great-uncle, Harry Bud Carlson, for the first time, In my life, we laid him to rest yesterday after a beautiful ceremony at the Abraham Lincoln National Cemetery in Elmwood, Illinois. Harry Bud Carlson is home for the first time in nearly 77 years. Yesterday, my Aunt Barb was able to attend, for the second time, a memorial service for her uncle. I can say that the peace and gratitude I feel today has far eclipsed any feelings of bitterness that lingered within me toward my government over the last 10 years. Deep down, I felt this day would come for us, and when you put the family report in my hands in October of 2012, I knew this day would come for us. Thank you, Mr. Stone. We could not Have done this without your help. I will do my best to raise awareness and support the work left in the identification of the remaining Tarawa unknowns so that other families may be reunited with their MIA soldier and honor their service and sacrifice to our country. There are many things in the country today which divide us, but one thing that will always unite us is that America is the home of the brave. Thank you for all that you do in support of our soldiers and their families. Best regards always. Well, sometimes the hometown team does win. You just gotta believe and sometimes you just gotta be willing to bet the house. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production and we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Blueberry or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. We greatly appreciate your comments and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com We again thank you for your support of our mission To provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American service women. Every assistance counts. And you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Brick Stone. Reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes. But shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them.